Hello and welcome to Drury Middle Column, the podcast. This is the start of season three, our first episode. We, you got, you got the little uh, Hunter Hunter episode as the season two finale. So if you haven't checked that out, check that out now. But um, for you know, for our first episode of season three, uh, both of us have watched a little movie in the cinema, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad, I'm glad you could join me out here in the, uh, you know, in the. The, the foyer of the cinema we've literally just walked out it's it's real yeah. those are real people you hear behind us yeah stop yeah. stop throwing popcorn around guys God. oh come on guys jokesters pranks see this is why like streaming services have become like a, a a good like alternative to cinemas yeah especially hbo max which this film is available on and i know yes. i know the director loves that service <laughs> so so for some you know we both watched the many saints of newark and for some backstory we're both very big sopranos fans mm-hmm. we both love the show i think it is fair so to want... say it might be maybe my favorite drama it's definitely my favorite drama of all time there's just something about it which just like hasn't been matched by like other dramas it's so crazy how like unique the sopranos is and i can kind of understand why people still go back to it to this day yeah and it's it's not even like uh it's one of the rare shows where people just kind of continually watch it like they finish it and they start again there's this really weird like community that sprung up online of people who just like they know the show inside and out but they'll still watch it i'm not quite at that stage yet but it's definitely you know, I think it's, it's it's unique in the way that it kind of like changed the face of American drama. Honestly, so it's such a good show, and like it kind of came out of nowhere yeah. as well. Like it's not like um, it built up to it. It's just kind of like here's the Sopranos. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure. There's there wasn't many TV shows like the Sopranos before the Sopranos. It kind of did like pave the way for the what you could argue the golden era of television that we're arguably in um that's obviously a statement up for debate but that's what a lot of people think anyway um but anyway let's let's why don't we talk about the film that we've just seen in real life let's just be let's let's be up front there are going to be spoilers in this mm-hmm. there's no way we can talk about this movie without spoiling mm-hmm. it because like we don't know each other's opinions really because we haven't talked much about the film off camera so um and 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 as as you know my co-host did bring up we just left the cinema <laughs> so <laughs> so it's, it's still fresh in our yeah. minds <laughs> Yeah. So um uh let's uh let's give a little spoiler warning. I don't know if <laughs> we can't put like a skip here to avoid spoilers because I see it would be like the very end you just feel yeah. saying bye. I, okay. L- let's start with a spoiler free section. That's going to be very short. Did you enjoy The Many Saints of Newark as a Sopranos fan? Why, thank you very much for asking. Yes, I did. Did you enjoy The Many Saints of New York as a Sopranos fan? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was great. There's um, stuff I I loved about it. There's stuff that I didn't quite mm. love about it. 
But um, I, you know, I think if you are either if you have either seen The Sopranos or you're on the fence about seeing The Sopranos, I think this is a good film to go into because it it has a lot of the same uh, cues that the show does. It has a lot. It has a very similar style. Uh, a lot of the humor translates over from the show as well, which was which I found a bit strange, but I, I appreciate it definitely. Um, so if if you like the style of The Sopranos or you're thinking of getting into The Sopranos, I think it's a good place to start. There is one massive spoiler uh, in the film for what happens in the show, but unless you kind of know what you're looking for, you might not notice it first time round. So yeah, I think we can both definitely say that this is a film that you should watch, honestly. Yeah, and unfortunately that's about as much we can say for without spoiling it, because... It's hard because it it ties into the show way too well. So it's kind of just a case of like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Either we put our five minute podcast on Many Saints of Newark or we talk about an hour for it and spoil the hell out of the movie. So so really, uh, if if you're thinking of seeing this film, you might want to stop watching it if you haven't seen it already. Or if you don't care about spoilers. If you don't care about spoilers, keep watching, I don't care. Okay, are they gone? Yes, I think they are. So, Christopher's dead. (laughs) (laughs) What? That's what you got out of this film? (laughs) Let's, let's, I don't, I don't know if I want to scene by scene this, but I do want to start with the opening scene. Why, as, as a criticism, why did it start on Christopher Moltisanti? The, one of the main characters of The Sopranos narrating the film. Well, okay, I will, I will say this: the 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 narration is so infrequent. Like he pops up, I think, three times in the film as a whole. Once at the beginning, once to introduce Sticky Moltisanti, and then once at the very end. Mm. Like I'm not really sure what the the motivation behind that choice was, but I think it is pretty much my only complaint with the film. Like, it's the only major complaint I have for the film. Yeah. And it's such a small part of the film that I'm just like, eh, I could take a leave it. Yeah, because all it does is, like, just, like, well, here's a spoiler for the show. It's like, alright, well, then why why did you put it in? It just seems really weird. Like, I don't mind Christopher being the narrator, but, like, when he's talking about the fact that pretty irrelevant stuff to the movie, too. Because yeah, he's just, he's just like, like yeah. this is the guy you choked me. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Huh? And he's like, he's like, he killed me. He didn't leave my kid or my wife any money. He gave him like the pocket change. It's like, okay, cool, but this isn't about you, Christopher. It's about your dad. Mm-hmm. I guess that's in yeah. character for Christopher to make it, everything about himself. Yeah, because there are points of the film where I would have appreciated a narration. You know, like, um, what's it called? Uh, the like Goodfellas style where he's like it's been four years since uh, Johnny Soprano's been in prison and now he's been released mm. No, there's no narration there it's just Junior being like ah four years in the can eh yeah no like it's it's very weird but um I mean besides that one big negative I had with the film I pretty much loved the rest of it like the casting was pretty spawn like fantastic Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like uh, that—that—that uh, that was something that I—I I noticed straight away. It was like everyone who was cast was perfect for the role, and those who weren't perfect were pretty damn good. Like it—it it was. Um, I think I pointed out uh, 
person who plays Janice looks like Ida, who plays yeah, her in, um, no, it's proper. Plays her in the show. It's scarily, like, too similar. Like, I, I don't know if they did the same thing with, like, Gandolfini, where they just got the child, but it's really scary how similar they look. Yeah, I, I, I did appreciate that. The casting must have taken quite a while to get right, considering not even just, like... Like, every actor felt like they were doing spot-on impressions of the Sopranos counterparts. Yeah. Like... And, like, I know people have said it, but Michael Gandolfini was a, a very risky, like, person to cast in that role, and I think he he did it perfectly. Yeah. Like, Michael Gan- Gandolfini is one of the best casting in this film. Played the role proper good. But um, mm-hmm. it's interesting that they made quite the big deal about Gandolfini's involvement with this film, just considering how little Tony Soprano is actually in the movie. Which is a shame, because well, some of the best scenes in the film. I'm not too bothered by that, because the, the, the film was always pitched as it's, it's more about Christopher's side of the family than... Yeah, Tony's. So I was, I was fine with that. I think it was just more of a. It might even have just been a. Why don't we test the waters with this character without like going fully into it? So now they know people like Michael Gandolfini, then maybe they might decide to invest in it later. Come back yeah. and do another. Oh, what was Tony doing in the eighties or something? Well, I, I hope this convinces Michael Gandolfini to dip his toes more in like acting as a career because he's got a talent for it. Definitely, definitely. I don't know if he's gonna be limited because he's doing an impression of his dad, but like, well, we'll, see. well I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's an impression of his dad because it, 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 it's very clearly Tony. Definitely has the same mannerisms, but it's not a one for one like. It's not a James Gandolfini impression. Is very clearly his own character. Sure. Well, good casting for. To, uh, you know, Gandolfini was great casting. It was such like no shit casting that it's mm-hmm. it's happy. Like he he looks dead on, like just a young Tony Soprano. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like his first big big role. I want to say, like I had to look through some of the films he's done before, and he hasn't really had. He he's been in two big films, but not had huge roles in them. And I think this is like his first proper like big big role. Yeah, no, I agree. So. Whoever they, uh, I don't know who played uh, Junior, but that was dead on, like, mannerisms and the way he speaks was so <laughs> <No>. good. <laughs> no, I still think that the Junior from the flashback scenes in The Sopranos is a better looking Junior. Yeah, but no, this is definitely, sure. like, a better acted Junior. Yeah. I mean, it, I agree, I agree. I think if you just get appearance... That Sopranos, like, that fits also. His old look totally fits, like, the whole, like, from the original show, totally fits, like, the insult when they're like, oh, look, Mr. Magoo. Like, when I, when I think of, like, a young Mr. Magoo, I think of, like, his his original actor from the Sopranos that played his young counterpart. But yeah, no, yeah. the mannerisms and the way he speaks in this movie is borderline, like, mwah, like as good as the original actor. Like it's he is perfect. Yeah, um, and they probably you know, it's uh, 
you you never know what they're going to do with the future of this series, but uh, they've got they've got a good cast here if they decide to continue it. How did you feel about um, Johnny Boy? Johnny Boy's casting uh, Tony's dad. Um, you know, I think because I was so used to that original, the way he was portrayed, because they they kind of go they they show a scene that's similar to one that they showed in the Soprano, and I I, I think I think I. I don't know. This this new Johnny Boy seems way more aggressive than the old one. But yeah. Maybe that was intentional. Maybe because you could argue that the the therapy scenes in The Sopranos he was um, romanticizing it a little bit, and this is how it actually was. I could see that being David Chase's reason for it. But I don't know. He seems way more aggressive in this than he did in uh, The Sopranos. For sure. For sure. Um... It, it it is. I would still say it's pretty good casting. I like the the scene that is referenced to. Uh, I wanna say, Sopranos home movies, the season seven episode where they all go, Tony and Bobby go, to the, to that little holiday thing for Tony's birthday and ends up with Bobby beating the shit out of Tony. Yeah. Uh, Janice tells a story about when their dad shot a, a hole through her, the mother's hair, and that's yes. that's the scene that's shown in the Many Saints of Newark, which I thought was really, really yeah, funny. Yeah, I completely. Do you know, actually, I completely forgot that that was referenced in the show. I thought that was just something in the film. Yeah, oh, remember okay, Tony yeah. gets super upset that Janice tells the story. He's like, it makes us look like a dysfunctional family. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Um, I would say though Johnny Boy doesn't really get enough scenes to shine besides that scene so um, yeah which is a a thing because um, I don't know if you know the actor he's quite big name casting he played Punisher in the Punisher TV show and in Daredevil so uh, it's quite big name casting for an actor that for a character that doesn't really stay around isn't in the film too much um, but going on for good casting again, Livia Soprano again, like the mannerisms and the way she speaks is like dead on. The way she said, "Oh, poor you," was yeah. like, it was spot on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how do you like the um, the? It's not really a theory, but have you noticed how similar she looks to like Carmela? Yeah, now she was in a TV show a few years ago called Bates Motel, and the poster for that, she looks identical to Carmella, so, like it, with the blonde hair, it's crazy. Yeah, so like, how do you like the theory that Tony's attraction to Carmella is like maternal? Yeah, I, I, it, it would play into that a little bit actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think but, they, I mean, I, that being said, the the actor, the actress they picked for Carmela looks nothing like Edie Falco. So yeah, it's it is weird, but like mm. it's it's strange how it's strange that they found another grown woman that looks like Eddie Falco. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think a lot of people online were like, <laughs> were like. Uh, had to double take. I remember seeing on the is it Soprano Circle jerk. Basically, it was like I had to double take. Was that was that Edie Falco? Like, no, it's not. It's not. So, that's all the good casting out of the way. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of bad casting in this film. Um, 
people like, you know, like Pussy, he didn't get a lot of scenes in this show, so his actor portrayed him fine. Yes. Paulie was portrayed very well, I think. Yeah, that's exactly how I would imagine a young Paulie. Yeah. Again, not many scenes, but of the three of them, the one that gets the most scenes is Silvio, and I think he's the worst casted. Sure. Yeah, I can I can see that. He does his walk very well. I think he, he, he plays up the character a little bit too much. Yeah, it's but... it's the voice and the mannerisms, it's a bit Yeah, definitely. He's more like it's me, Sylvia. Yeah. Sylvia didn't do that. <laughs> it feels like, you know, Silvio's impression of like the Godfather lines and like Goodfellas <laughs> lines and stuff. Yeah. But like it's actually happening to Silvio. Yeah. Um, he 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 has he get he nails the way Silvio walks. <laughs> oh yeah, it's perfect, and all the hand all the hand movements are really good. I don't know, like we've discussed this off off camera, but mm-hmm. I I'm I'm a camera. bit taken aback by how old Silvio actually is compared to Paulie. I think it's just because Stevie Van Zandt is a lot older than he looks. Quite frankly, maybe. Because he, he, he's been around for a while and he looks fine. The thing is, of the three of them, Paulie looked the youngest. Which kind of took me ba- back a bit. Because, like, I would have assumed, like, of the three of them, like... I would have assumed at least Pussy was, like, close to Tony's age. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I, I, I think... I think it does put into perspective how old that cast actually is, considering yeah. that like Tony and Christopher were the two youngest members of that glorified crew. To be fair, when I was when I was watching it with my family, they said Tony didn't look good for a forty year old. Yeah. Like when he puts on all the weight. In season one he looks like quite good. Because he's still yeah. Like, I was thin. shocked at how good he looks in season one when I went back and watched it. He's he's so, quite he's quite whoa. he's quite thin in season one. It's not until like mm. season two where he starts putting on like a lot of weight, and then like come season six, he's like huge. Yeah. Um, but obviously a lot of that had to do with apparently the role was a bit much for him, which I don't know. I don't I don't want to say like that role like affected him like his mental state or whatever I'd never like to make that insinuation but it seemed like he had trouble playing the role and maybe that affected how much he was eating at the time it is a tough role to be fair yeah it's 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 interesting how like an acting role can affect an actor I don't I I don't think a lot of people think that because a lot of people they see these cameras on screen and they just see them as actors but it's it's hard to like step back a bit and see them as people yeah. Especially with like all the good things people have said about James Gandolfini, like as a person. Yeah. I think I think cuz neither of us are actors, like I, I don't think and, and a lot of people I know have different methods towards acting, mm. so maybe he just got way too into the character. Yeah. And kind of, like started to affect him, but hey, well, I mean, to be fair, like, not to go into a tangent, but TV show acting definitely feels a lot more like classic acting, as in, like, the ones you are going to see be more, like, thespian are going to be mm. from TV shows and movies is more what you hire just to get, like, the big names on there. 
Yeah, well, that is something that they actually brought up on the Talking Sopranos podcast, was actually that um, they see uh, TV acting now, how they saw movie acting, like, 40 years ago, where, you know, oh, TV acting is rubbish, movie acting's where you want to be, and now it's kind of, like, done this flip where, like, all the good stuff's on TV, yeah. and all the kind of mediocre stuff is on cinema, because, I mean, like, you know, Many Saints of Newark kind of sticks out uh, as one of the few, like, not Marvel-inspired films out at the cinema at the moment. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And, um, and obviously not to... If, if you like that kind of thing, that's fine. Yeah. But if you want, if you want like, a thinking man's film, it's they're very far and few between these days. You tend to find it more on television than on cinema. No, I agree, I agree. Um... Not that like streaming, <laughs> not, <laughs> not that streaming services isn't, isn't trying to ruin television too. No, of course, of course. I, I meant more like uh, just episodic stuff. Yeah, more yeah. in general. No, and for also sure. not to say that Many Saints of Newark is like is is a very like thinking man's film because it's not. But like it, it, it's at least more trying to give a message or like it, it's more than just hey bang bang let's have a fight. It feels more like... The Many Saints of Newark just feels more like a film. Like, it just wants to be a movie, and that's kind of the mm-hmm. the start and end of it. It doesn't feel like it's trying to sell you something. It's just... it's a, Here's a film. Like the good old days, you go cinema, you go watch a movie. You get a satisfying tale out of it. Yep, exactly. So, I'm going to have a bad time pronouncing this. <laughs> okay. A- Alessandro Nivola? Played Dickie Moltisanti? Yeah. Um, obviously, I think he was the best actor in the film. He was fantastic, I agree. Yeah. You know, him and, like... Ray Liotta? Yes. Him and Ray Liotta, I think, were both <laughs> really good. Did, 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 did you, like, laugh when, when Ray Liotta came on screen yeah. three times? Yeah, I did. I was, like... I was sitting next to my sister and I had to, like explain that like okay this is clearly like his brother who's played by the same actor <laughs> like what well, i was was the thing just like we got away with it in the show we can do it again <laughs> something like that i mean i'm happy that you know what i i'm happy though because i would have been really sad had ray liotta's you know scenes ended with the death of the his first character. Yeah, Hollywood dick. Yeah. So, um yeah, and you know, enough about the casting. The setting of this film is obviously fantastic. It really captures the era, which was the nineteen sixties going into the seventies yeah. really well. A big theme going into this was like at the time, the racial tensions, which is captured very well in this film, did you uh, did you think like the 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 like black movement subplot in this film like added a lot to it? Um, uh, yeah, I guess it actually did because it 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 kind of, although at one point the two kind of like storylines split apart, they came together at the very end for like a split second, and it made that difference. Yeah, it, like, changed the whole story. I was wondering I, where they were I, going with it. Well, I guess it does. It does kind of make make sense. Like that was the era that they grew up in, and like it was the start of the rise of like 
uh, the popularization of criminal gangs in America. Yeah, I mean, um, you I know that's what led to all those eighties films. Mm. I mean, like I mean, I did enjoy the the character that was used to represent. I forget his name, but the character who was like the basically the figurehead for the black movement that was working with the mafia at the beginning of the film. I did yeah, enjoy. It's Harold. Yeah, is that his name? I did enjoy his character yeah. a lot, and. Um, Obviously, it shows you the brutal side of, you know, the the riots that were happening at the time. And pff, I don't know how much I want to go into this, but this was filmed before the riots in real life just last year happened. So I don't know mm-hmm. if it was like a timing thing or if Chase was inspired off real life events. But it was, it was, def- well, if it, it was definitely if it was filmed in- before, then probably not. Yeah. I assumed it was just always in the script because it plays a huge part of the story. It's not a small part of the story at all. But remember, The Many Saints of Newark's been in development for quite a while. That's true. Wasn't it supposed to come out last, like October last year or something? Yeah. I remember it being like a 2020 date. Yeah, September or, September or October 2020. And then for some reason it got delayed like an entire year. But then that also Ooh. happened with that James Bond film. Remember, me and you were in the cinema oh, together yeah. watching a trailer for that film. I think when what we went we to. Seeing? I think it was, it was the lighthouse. lighthouse, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Which, by the way, you should go back and listen to our episode on the lighthouse. It's season one, episode four, and we talk for hours. Yeah. It's a it's a good watch that lighthouse film, but that that, that James that's a plug. That, that's ja- a good plug. that James Bond movie is not coming out till like now, and I'm also not interested in it. To be no, 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 for sure. But it's just interesting how like you think they're super far in filming, but then it gets pushed back so much. Yeah, I'm. I I, I assume it's probably it's probably like the last few action scenes that they needed to tie up. So. The Many Saints of Newark chronicles the story of Dickie Moltisanti, which is the father of Christopher Moltisanti, the character who's narrating the entire film and is one of the major characters in The Sopranos. If you're watching this movie without watching The Sopranos, I personally wouldn't recommend just because of this, but if you're one for like not caring, it's okay. It does spoil at the beginning that Christopher Moltisanti is dead and was killed by the main character, Tony Soprano, of The Sopranos. And uh, basically, in The Sopranos, they talk about Dickie quite a bit, but you never get, like, his backstory. You never actually see it. Usually in flashbacks, they never really showed Dickie Moltisanti either. So this is the first time you really see him, bar, like, maybe, like, a picture in the background of The Sopranos or something. So yeah, you basically get to see his story, and um, it starts with them, like, he's he's meeting his dad, you know, Ray Liotta's character, his first character, um, yeah. who's back from Italy with his wife, his new wife, who is uh, quite the tragic character that we'll get into later. But um, yeah, so just like the setup for this movie, the, you, you said you knew about the Dickie Moltisanti stuff going in. Did you think that was a good thing to base this movie around? Like, was that an interesting part? Because it, it's never been explored in Sopranos lore before. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's, it's actually a part that, because, you know, Dickie died before Christopher was really old enough to remember him. Yeah. It's, 
you know, we had that. There was that scene where Tony was like, "He's the guy that killed your father." Yeah. It's the policeman in there, and like, obviously, you kind of half knew that Tony was bullshitting. Yeah. But like, it. Well, now we know it wasn't at all. He was just hit on the. You know, it, it's it's a good, it's a good. Um, I nearly gave away the ending there. Yeah. Um, Don't worry, we'll talk about it. it. <laughs> it's it's I, I think it is it's a really interesting story because I, I think what people tend to forget is that in season one of the Sopranos, the Mayo crime family was basically like four or five like separate gangs that kind of didn't like each other but were part of one family, and this kind of goes more into that even though it was set a long time before, like Dicky Moltisante. Well, he's in the DeMeo crime family, but he's doing something completely separate to, um, to Junior. Yeah. No, yeah, sure. So I, I, it, it's good. It gives you that perspective of like what was going on before Tony was really old enough to know what was going on. Yeah, and you see a lot of it through Tony's eyes too. Obviously, not too much. Where it's kind of like they remake the scene from Sopranos season one i want to say where his dad gets arrested at the the fun fair yeah and it's uh, a little bit different how it played out in the show yeah yeah yeah. um so you get a lot of insight there on dickie moltisante who he is and it turns out that dickie moltisante was very well liked kind of by everyone Mm-hmm. He didn't have many flaws from when you looked at him from the outside. He he seemed cool-headed. Everyone always listened to him. They make a point that Livia Soprano listens more to Dickie Moltisante than her own husband. And same for Tony as well. Yeah, same with Tony as well. Which is very interesting. So like he'd always been seen as like this quite great figure. But, like, obviously, deep down, you know, the things he's not telling anyone is he's actually quite quite a troubled character. Early on in the film, yeah. he, uh, his dad is abusing his Italian wife, and Dickie Moltisante gets in a little scuffle with him and then just kills his dad, beats him to death. And that, that scene actually really surprised me. Yeah. I was genuinely shocked when that happened. Just because, like, obviously... Uh, don't believe everything in the trailer but the trailers only show Ray Liotta in prison so when he killed his dad I was like whoa what yeah no it's um the the uh, the trailers for many saints of Newark were good because it was it was one of the few like times they didn't just give them away the entire movie it was borderline misleading though like not 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 in a bad way but like no story beat is actually hit on in those trailers. No, it's yeah, for crazy. sure, for sure. Um, so, yeah, like, we find out that Dickie Montesante is quite a troubled character, but he doesn't tell anyone about it. Um, you would say that, oh, is that kind of like Tony Soprano in the show? Not really, because I think everyone kind of knows that Tony Soprano has, like, these big faults. Like, he's quick to anger, he's quick to... You know, he's got all these issues with people. He's not always, like... He's he's very charismatic, but he's very violent and he's very this, this, and this. 
Whereas like Dicky Moltisanti by everyone is kind of seen as like a man's man. In a way, in a way, kind of like the man Tony always goes on about in his therapy sessions, you know, the actor. Oh no. Oh. I don't it's like to not g- Gary Cooper. Not, yeah, not it's Gary Cooper. I dare I say Dicky Moltisanti is portrayed as the Gary Cooper type. Yeah, I think that's why I think Tony got his admir- admir- admiration of like that kind of man from Dicky Moltisanti. I think it kind of like now you see it and you kind of see like why he looks up to him. He's well respected in his craft. And this was at a time the mafia was thriving. You know, like, when Tony Soprano's in charge of the Mafia, those are, like, the low years of the Mafia. Yeah. But... Well, we'll get more into it in our, on, when we do, our, like, our Sopranos yeah. podcast proper. But, like, uh, I've heard those theories where it's, like, people specifically were trying their hardest to make sure Tony did not get to be the head of that family. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> Which... like, Dickie is, like, you know, he's well-respected, he's quite the in in a time where it was you know being respected as the head of the mafia meant something or the head of you know obviously he he wasn't he wasn't the boss of the family was he at the time uh it was the boss of the family at the time i see he must have been no it was de mayo de mayo was still yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that family was still the boss not that i, I don't think you actually get to see them though no yeah no um, so yeah, um, if you know yeah, anything, just like a really high up capo, I think was it. If you, I mean, if you know anything about like David Chase and the way he writes The Sopranos, is he he clearly likes writing these alpha male types with <laughs> with issues. He clearly really likes making them like super insecure and all that. And it's the same thing here. If you've watched The Sopranos, then you know that. Dicky Moltisante, despite his tough facade, is going to have a lot of, you know, issues. And, like, even though he's portrayed as nice and good, he has proper bad anger issues. And, like, he, he'll, he, not only does he kill his dad, but later on, when he finds out his Italian wife cheats on him, he um, he kills her too. He drowns her. It's one of the most horrible... Yes, I forgot that he didn't like marry her because yeah. he was still. He, uh, I was actually thinking, I'm like, oh, did he leave her to marry the other woman? And I was like, I was like, oh no, wait! But then the car scene happens, and you see he's still with his wife. Yes, yeah, they were still together. So yeah, he drowns her in uh, probably the most horrifying scene in the. It's it's very like slow and deliberate, and they clearly film it where she's like fighting for her life. It's not an mm-hmm. easy scene to watch. No, it's very well shot. Yeah, I agree. Up until, like, the, the weird, like, CGI ending, where he's, like, walking off. Uh, but, like, the rest of it was fine. Yeah, what was that about? The, okay, there's two really, like, weird uses of CGI in this film. I'm just, uh, both of them are really, like, they're not good. And I'm just like, huh? But it, it's, it, it didn't take me out of the film at all, so... Yeah, so... It was specifically the fire scene I'm thinking of, where, I'm, where just like that fire was just it was not good fire. <laughs> yeah, sure. He walks away from the explosion, and he's just like. <laughs> I made a joke about when I was in the cinema, where I was like, t- you know, the scene where Tony's watching the the fire, 
Yeah. Which I think is a bit... I, I just don't like that scene. I think, like... I think early on they were trying too hard to be, like, uh, the Tony saw everything important. Like, I think it kind of... I was like, all right. Enough he of kind it. of doesn't, though. He doesn't see everything important. I mean, I guess it's just because, like, he stumbles upon Dickie Moltisante after he's killed his dad in the garage. Which I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. But for some reason, that scene where he's looking outside at the fire, I don't know. For some reason, I just didn't like it. Sure. But I mean, that... he lived he lived in Newark, though. He didn't live that far away, and we knew that, so... Yeah, sure, sure. Well, anyway, I said something. I was talking to my sister, and I was like... Um, I was like, this is this is where he got the idea to burn Artie's fucking restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Who also makes a cameo in this sh- this movie? Uh, young Artie's yeah, in this movie. Such a brief, like, because because we knew that they were like childhood best friends, so I assumed that he'd be in the film more. But he's only in one scene, which is really surprising. He doesn't is, is, see Vesuvio's either. Is a young Jackie in this film? Yeah, there's a young Jackie in this film as well. Again, and he's he, not in it for long. And is it is it a kid? Is it like Tony's age? Yeah, I think they're the same age, yeah. Yeah, so, um, very interesting how that played out. Obviously, if they want to do more Sopranos prequels, and, you know, if David Chase is listening to this, please do more Sopranos prequels. I'd like I'd like to see a chapter of the story focusing on Jackie's time as boss. Yeah, definitely. Um, but we yeah. never get it. Yeah, I mean... It, David Chase said he is open to making a sequel to The Many Saints of Newark, and with how the film ends, there's a lot of stuff still to explore, I would say. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I well, don't... It's about 20 years to explore, actually, so... I don't know if like he'd go opt for a movie or if he'd go back maybe to a show format for that. I could see an anthology instead, where it's, you know, just... Ten episodes or whatever, just different points of the of, of history. Look, if Breaking Bad can get Better Call Saul, we can get <laughs> the the Little Sopranos adventures. But is is that what you want it to be called? <laughs> yeah. Wait, can we can we call it the Real Sopranos? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Real Ghostbusters. <laughs> this is what. This is what you're—they're actually like. This is all the stuff you haven't seen. I mean, you could argue that you could get into the problem of like behind the Sopranos. It, yeah, you you could argue you could get into the problem of trying to answer too many questions. Mm-hmm. Because really, this movie only really answers one or two, which is good. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I've I've talked a lot about Dicky Moltisanti as a character, and I find him very interesting. I think he's one of the stronger Sopra- Sopranos verse characters, and that's saying a lot considering his relatively overall short contribution to the entire lore. But um, mm-hmm. he fits the series, the the, the Soprano series well. Obviously, you have that humor in there. I found his his insecurities very interesting. And, like, you think, you know, after he kills his dad, it's a mafioso film, right? So a lot of people are like, whatever, he's gonna be cool and go off, but 
like a real human being killing his dad sticks with him for that in the the in his entire life and like he has to like yeah visit his dad's brother just to feel a bit better about what he did yeah and like even his even his his dad's brother is just like why are you even here okay do you think do you Get think do you think he knew that he killed him Definitely. Yeah, because yeah. my my sister said this said this as well. He's like he's asking all the questions because he's like, oh yeah, that's weird. My like my brother never really uh, you know, did any work like that. Why would he be in the like a warehouse or wherever he died? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the thing is, Diggy Santi yeah. just never gives him like a good answer. Yeah, every answer he gives is just like uh anyway. And even when he kills his Gumar, it's like, I feel like he still knows it was him who did it. Yeah, because he goes, wow, so much tragedy in your life, wow. He plays that character so well, like, it borders on, like, comedic, but in, like, a good way. Because he's so, like, <laughs> he's so, like, deadpan. Yeah, it's like zero, zero. Like he just does not care. Plus, that's like the Ray Liotta voice I know. Because with his first character, his dad, he's got you know the typical accent that they all have. But mm. like his second mm. character, it just sounds like Ray Liotta, like Goodfellas Ray Liotta, and like it fits really I think, well. I want to say they put some like makeup on his face uh, when he was doing uh, when he was doing Hollywood Dick. Because, like, he looked older as Hollywood Dick as he did as, um, uh, his brother. Yeah, sure, sure. But, um, ah, man, I, he's, he's probably, he might be my favourite character in the movie. <laughs> sure, yeah, I, I will not argue against that one. Yeah, um, it, it's just funny how much he clearly knew, and... I don't know if you want to say they act as a parallel to like the therapy scenes from the Sopranos. It feels yeah, I yeah, I can see that. It feels like kind of like a twisted version, like instead of like Doctor Melfi trying to give like, like they're both at the end of the day, Doctor Melfi and this brother character are both trying to give him like honest advice, but the way they go about it is like very different. Because, like, this character's yeah. just like, you're a bad person. And in the end, one of the things he tells him is, stay out of... If you want Tony S Soprano to have a good life growing up, stay out of his life. Mm -hmm. And then he, one of the last things he says is, what do I know? I'm a murderer. <laughs> like, he, he's conscious that he's like, that this might not be good advice either. Yeah. It, he's an interesting character because he's one of the few... He's just, like, so content with where he is in life. He's like, yeah, I'm in jail. This is where I belong. Because I murdered a made guy. Mm -hmm. That's just how it is. He's a very interesting yeah. character. It's a, we probably will never see more of him again, even if they do make a sequel. Yeah, it's a shame. But, like, it, he, he, I think if they were to do something with him, it would be a bit arse-pully, so it's fine. It's yeah. Fine. So, um, I guess... Let's talk about the only the only other thing I really have left to talk about before the ending, which I'll go into, because there's a lot to unpack with uh, <laughs> the. Uh, t t yeah. I, I find Tony Soprano's character in this movie very interesting because he's clearly meant to be a parallel to his his own son AJ. 
like he's doing all the bad things that AJ got called out for by Tony and Carmella. Tony Soprano? Hypocrite? Question mark? Yeah, no, it's proper. It's a good watch, for sure. But, like, I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, Tony Soprano was always a hypocrite, so I guess this isn't surprising. But I guess for some reason, besides, like, one line in season five where, like, Tony wants to excuse AJ for shaving off his eyebrows because he's like, hey, we messed around with stuff like that as his age. I guess for some reason I just didn't think they were going to be, like, the most wild characters, but turns out they were. Considering What's different about you? (laughs) Considering how, like, he grows up and he's quite strict in the house, I'm shocked that, like, he would have the background he did. Well, that's another thing as well. It's like, it's, you know, Janice is smoking weed and his whole thing is just like, I'm not Janice. It's not even like, oh, weed's bad or whatever. He's just like, yeah, I don't do it. Yeah. Even though he probably is. Yeah, I mean, he he snorted cocaine in the show. <laughs> Multiple times, yeah. Oh, his thing is, like, he doesn't mind you doing drugs so long as you're not addicted. Doing drugs you can do. You just gotta space out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Tony Soprano's character is very interesting in this because his relationship with Livia is explored a bit. There's the scene where they almost have what seems like the first kind of touching moment between them. Where he, the mum gets dragged into the principal's office. And she's talking about how Tony spoke highly of, like, the time he had with her. Mm -hmm. That's, like, the only time I can think of where, like, they had, like, kind of, like, a close moment. Because that makes her cry, too. Obviously, you don't know if it's... With Livia, you don't know why she's crying. Because she's cry- she cries, like, three different times in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. One of which isn't at, like, the funerals, which is weird. Yeah. Um. But she, she cries, at, you know, when her husband gets arrested... And he, like, rolls his eyes at, like, her crying. Because I think he knows that she's very dramatic as a person. Yeah. But the, um... So Tony's relationship with her is explored just a bit more. There's a scene where he makes her a burger. And it seems like, oh, they're having a nice mother-son moment. And then immediately it backfires... And it's like, oh, you know, you're smoking weed, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, fucking hell. We couldn't have, like, one good moment between them for too yeah, long. Exactly. I guess nothing really changes. Um, yeah. The more things change, the more they say the same kind of a thing. Yeah. And um, I think that, like, I would love to see more Livia in this setting because I think she is one of the highlights of the movie. Same with Tony and Dickie. And obviously Ray Liotta's characters. So, um... It's just interesting how much they, like, give kind of, like, a new perspective with Tony. He's not, like, the mafia boss that he is in the show, where he's, like, beating the crap out of everyone. Now he's, like... (laughs) You know, he's got more vulnerability to him because he's a kid. He's reaching out to Dickie Moltisanti to, like, you know, he wants his his mum to take meds 
because she'll feel better mm. and that plays into the whole like um not only does tony take meds to feel better for himself but also it plays into the whole like livia's opinion on therapy and medication yeah exactly she thinks it's just for weak people and that's why she little did she know that he was getting those medicines for her Ooh, yeah not for him yeah no. exactly well, that's the thing because like she makes a comment at the end of the film when you know a certain character dies and the the those meds are on him that she's she's like oh, i always thought he was strong mm-hmm. <laughs> until i saw the meds on him <laughs> it's like what a, what a horrible thing to say she she definitely has like to be fair a lot of the thing is a lot of people more than you think from that time period are just like that where they're like therapy you must be weak and it's just like all right well that's just yeah. horrible and it's exactly um and you know livia soprano obviously has something wrong with her mentally like she's Definitely, a narcissist yeah. for sure so oh yeah you know it's just interesting and obviously i liked seeing tony reach out to dicky to try and help her you had that little subplot and it was all good um but yeah i think i'm done talking about pre-ending spoilers i don't know if there's anything you want to bring up about the movie before we start talking about the ending no i think it's it, it's just um honestly it's just uh it, it, it the, the the way the film like portrays these characters uh, the way the series of events sets up nothing like comes as a huge surprise to me everything feels natural mm. what i sorry what i mean i should probably elaborate on what i mean by um nothing comes as a huge surprise that's a good thing that's not a bad thing because it's not like oh whoa where did this come from it's like yeah i could see that character doing that yeah i could see that character doing that like it's not like there's no dramatic twist in the story that makes me go whoa. Well, yeah, when you're just kind of like when you're doing a prequel, you want everyone to act in character. Exactly. Yeah, and I think I think the story was exactly how I would have wanted it to be. Actually, it's a very kind of down to earth. Here's what the mafia was doing these days, and that's reflects on the Sopranos. Like yeah. Sopranos doesn't glorify the Mafia, and neither does Many Saints of Newark. It doesn't glorify the Mafia. It tells you being in the Mafia is quite exhausting. Yeah. And a lot of them were probably mentally drained. Mm. So, obviously... Oh, yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of movies like that. Like, you know, Goodfellas didn't really glorify them. (laughs) At, it did at first, but that was kind of the point where it was kind of like, hey, look how good the life was, at, now look how far he's fallen, kind of thing. Yeah, kind of. Um, so obviously you've had films like that, but like, you also get like these badass mafia flicks, which is like, oh, I've been, sh- you know, shootouts everywhere, which is just not what The Sopranos is, and this movie had one or two, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, which is probably like collectively the same amount of action scenes in the entirety of the Sopranos. <laughs> yeah. I guess Sopranos is more like fist fights, like when Tony and Ralphie fight. 
That's a really fun. That's a really good fight. I like that fight a lot. Mm -hmm. They're just scurrying it's around over the kitchen very quickly. Yeah. So yeah, um, talk, let's talk about the ending. So after he kills his his Guma, mm -hmm. he kind of that's like the low point for him, isn't it? Like, yeah. I don't know if you want to say. I don't know if that's because he truly loved her and he didn't want to kill her. I don't know if that was the reason. I don't know if it's just because, like, this life was getting too stressful for him after he killed his dad, you know? And that was getting up to him. But, like, basically all these things are building up Dickie Moltisante. He's in kind of a low place at the end, isn't he? Yes, definitely. So, he gets the advice to stay away from Tony. And Tony... He tries and to he talk. Does. Yeah, he tries to talk to Dicky Maltesante, but Dicky Maltesante is purposely staying away from him, and he's purposely trying to distance himself from him. So, like, you know, Tony has a, a fit, and he starts throwing like amplifiers that were given to him by Dicky out the window, proper crying about it. Which is a good scene because his dad comes back like from walking the dog and he's just like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, so earlier in the movie, there's we, we, we've neglected to talk about like Uncle Junior's character in this film. Because he's in more scenes than you think he would be. He said the classic line. Yeah. He? he said the classic line. When he said the veracity athlete line, everyone in my cinema laughed. <laughs> <laughs> it, it actually did feel like, you know, like the the Family Guy joke where it's like, oh, I'm going to say the title of the movie in the movie. And Peter's just like, ah, ha, ha. It's like, it was like that. It was like at that moment. But good. If overall... I wouldn't say this movie has too many haha <laughs> wink get it you're a fan of the Sopranos moments um, none that think, bothered me I think most of them come from Junior actually yeah yeah true because he says ah uh, oh, sisters you know yeah so um, he you know he falls over and he hurts his back pretty bad doesn't he mm. and oh, yeah. you know Dickie he proper laughs at him and I guess Uncle Junior took that as like a very personal insult. And uh, by the way, Uncle Junior, he sleeps with Livia in one scene, right? Or is that a different See, woman? I, d I don't think it was Livia, but the, the actor looked very similar. Yeah, I don't know if that was or wasn't Livia. And that was like them confirming the fact that Livia had affairs with Junior Soprano, which would makes sense considering how much oh it would make sense how Maybe much it was Livia then uh, I mean I'd, I'd need to rewatch the movie but yeah anyway he's complaining about his back mm. right and then at mm. the end of the movie it turns out that he's the one that got Dickie Moltisanti killed yeah which it's in character yeah and it's kind of I, now obviously that, 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 that leads back into the Sopranos TV show but like because Tony seems unaware that it was Junior who did it oh yeah so, to be fair it couldn't trace back to him that is true but it but it makes sense because you watch the Sopranos and you go he wants to kill Tony about 
the joke about him eating women out. Yeah, exactly. And then you're like, what an overreaction. And you watch this movie, it turns out he killed a man just for laughing at him for falling over. Yeah, and like he, he was, he was, it was a good, it was like a good faith laugh. No one else was around to see it. Like it wasn't like, hey, look at this idiot. <laughs> yeah, and also, you know, obviously he was smart to to hire somebody to do it for him, and you know, back then it was probably harder to trace stuff like that. So he gets away with it, you know, scot free, and he he takes it to, I guess, his grave. So yeah. it's very interesting how they they went that direction. I had no idea. I don't know if David Chase really planned it ahead of time, but it fits perfectly. Um if you if you look up theories on who killed Junior, there's some people who think the police officer did it. But I think the majority of people think Tony was lying about that. Do you mean Dickie? Or the the police officer who killed Dicky, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's a, everyone thinks. I think the majority of people thinks that Tony was lying to Christopher about that, the police officer murderer. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Like, it, I think at the time, like I commented on it, like no way. But another, it was just a random guy. Another popular theory I ran into was actually Johnny Boy. Was the was the murderer? You know, Tony's dad. Yeah. Now considering, like how they were technically rivals i'd see that i would 100 percent see that but also at the time junior uh kind of was still like acting capo for like uh what's the name johnny boy soprano because yeah johnny boy was back but it was junior really running the show yeah so you could argue that if johnny boy was more active in his role then Maybe it would have been Johnny Boy who killed him. Maybe. But um, I just... I, I don't know what people are going to think about the ending, but I, I just love that. It's so in character for him to kill Dickie over that. Yeah, definitely. That That is very junior move. It's like I was saying, like nothing in this film like surprised me in terms of like... A character, that character wouldn't do that. Like, yeah, of course Junior would kill someone because he laughed at them. That's yeah, a was, junior thing to do. It was either going to be the only two people that would kill him for pay reasons, I would feel, would be Junior or Livia. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. And now we have the answer on how Dickie Moltisanti died, and I found it very satisfying. Absolutely. The movie wraps up Same. well with, like, Tony, Tony visiting the funeral. And obviously, Livia thinking that Dicky Moltisante was basically a weak man. Mm-hmm. And then Tony, we, we can't forget the best part of the film. Okay, where Tony's staring at Dicky Moltisante, yeah. and then the Soprano theme starts playing, and everyone, everyone was like, "Yes, yes, yeah." That was a, that that was pretty good. <laughs> but um, I guess Dicky Moltisante dying is what convinced him to join the mafia. Is that what we're going with? Well, it, it was... It, yeah, I guess so. You think if something would put you off the Mafia is your favourite person <laughs> getting shot at the back of the head? 
Well, but he also did the pinky promise at the end, where it's like, because he originally did it to be like, I'm gonna stay out of trouble, and like joining the mafia is the complete opposite of that. Yeah, and then Dicky briefly came back to life at the end to do the pinky promise with him. <laughs> and Tony went, <gasps> what the fuck? It's a scary scene. No, but, um, you know, it's, uh, I thought this movie was, I thought this movie was great. I thought it was fantastic. Put put the put put those nice fancy graphics up. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Wow, do you want like an explosion sound effect when they when they appear? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can barely hear what I'm saying. There's so many effects. Yeah, I'll bass boost it really loud. Too. <laughs> do, do you do you want um, do you want to slap a score on this? Yeah, do you know what? I'm also going to give it an 8 out of 10. <laughs> um, I mean, that's it's, it, this was quite a com- concise podcast. Not, not as many funny moments, but um, definitely one of a, a great start to season 3. Wow, tooting your own horn there. I mean, Dreary Middle Podcast is like the best podcast out there. <laughs> Even if it's not true, you gotta believe it. That's how you do well in these things. So, um. You heard it here first, folks. Mr. Turnabout's Dreary Middle Colon the Podcast, number one on iTunes. Yeah. And that's also, you know, season three, the start. We have the rebranded names. We have, like, the rebrand, you know, Dreary Middles, season three. <clears throat> We've got a lot of episodes planned, and I think you'll like them. But, yes. but um, do you... um, here's a spoiler for here's a sneaky peek for next time. We're going sailing on the seven seas. <laughs> That's so generic. Like you could, you're never gonna guess what it is. Finally, pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, do, do you do you want uh, that line's okay? It's a decent line, I'd say. Do, do you um do you uh have any final thoughts on on the Many Saints of Newark you want to talk about, or do you want to just wrap the podcast just up? Just see the film. Just see the film. Go, it, like, go support the movie. I don't know how well Many we, Saints of Newark's going to do, but so you owe it to yourself to go it, support the, the film. So, basically, if you don't go and see it, you hate good cinema. Yeah. I, I can't disagree yeah, yeah, with I that. I said it. I said it. It's only two hours of your time. Yeah. What else are you going to be doing for two hours, huh? At the end of the day, Ooh, you're going to get a sad... I'm helping children uh, <laughs> do their ABCs. Boring. Okay, yeah. Um, I feel like... The thing is, I feel like this film is going to be lost on a lot of people. Just Not that they don't get it, but like I think a lot of people want like proper like mafioso kind of film. And they're going to sit down and they're going to see a movie with a lot of people families talking to each other about really pointless stuff now okay we will go more into this if we ever do do a Sopranos podcast but I I, I don't think that matters I think Sopranos has permeated like pop culture enough to the point where I think people know what it's about even if they don't know what it's about if that makes sense yeah it seems like all the criticism for the Sopranos direction was more at the time than in hindsight just because yeah, of like the I legacy agree. of the show mm-hmm. 
But then again, like looking at the reviews for this film, it's not as high as I was expecting it to be. No. I think a lot of people were disappointed at how this film turned out in terms of not necessarily the acting or the story, but more about how vague it was in places. And underwhelming is a word I kept seeing coming up. But I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's very much like a... You will like this if you like films that are just basically... Here's something that happened. I mean, I just don't know what people... I don't know what people wanted from a Sopranos prequel. same. Same. I guess more Tony, I guess, is the easy answer. Yeah, but this isn't a a film about Tony, so I'm... I don't. That's not a complaint for me. Yeah, no same. If you can't, if you can't read the, the description of the film, then what are you doing? Set set your expectations right. Don't expect Tony Soprano to have a lot of screen time. I said that to my sister before we went in. I was like, I know this is a prequel, but just don't expect much Tony Soprano. Her expectations He's on were set. for like fifteen minutes max. Yeah, no. Um, all his scenes are great, but. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, this movie has quite the, a big cast. So, yeah. a lot of screen time is dedicated to all these different characters. Dickie Moltisanti getting the most. And thankfully, Dickie Moltisanti was a very interesting character to carry the film. I guess that's just my final thoughts on the film. I, I, I do wish it would receive a bit higher, critically speaking. And I don't know how many people are going to see it. My cinema wasn't full. And I don't know if that's no, because... neither was mine. The thing is, I don't know if that's because of we're technically still in the pandemic era or what. So I don't know how much you can blame on that. I just think maybe it's because uh, it's not so big. The Sopranos isn't that huge over here. No. No, it's unfortunate. Which is... Like, it's big, but it's not big. I mean, I'm glad the people who went still laughed at the famous veracity athlete line. I did. Yeah, I did too. I I expected to groan if that line made the film, but it ended up making me laugh. I think it's because it it, it comes at a point that you're not expecting it. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. That's it for now. Yeah. What a good good film. So, yeah, let's. Hey. Let's log off. If you've you've got. if If you wanna. If you've got some opinions of your own. Drop them in the comments below if you're listening on YouTube. If you're, if you're listening on iTunes or Pod Pocket Casts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or whatever's not iTunes, uh, then I would encourage you to just head on over to our website. There'll be a link in the show notes. Leave a comment on there. You can leave a comment on social media too. We're on Twitter at Dreary Middle, you know, exactly how it's spelled. Mm. Or you can always drop us a line, podcast at drearymiddle.com. Uh, we get we've had quite a few emails. Um, we read them, uh, and then we think your opinion is trash. <laughs> delete them. We have a Discord. We have a Discord server now, where you can join and you can criticize us and tell us why we were wrong about our top five Simpsons episodes. Yeah, specifically our number twos, which were critically acclaimed episodes. Um, that. Uh, in quite a few people's top tens list, if I remember correctly. Look, um, most people... If you want to disagree with us... Yeah. Most people <laughs> would be ashamed and hide that behind a Patreon wall. Listen, we're giving you the Discord for free. 
until uh, this is we, turning, this is turning into an assault now. Until until we have enough people to get a Patreon funding. <laughs> so are you saying we're in this hundred percent for the money? Yeah, I mean, hey man, those uh those pennies don't come in fast enough. That's all I'm saying. But uh, no, but yeah, we've so we've plugged Discord, we've plugged everything. Obviously, if we are on YouTube, do the things the algorithm likes. Ah uh, yes, comment, rate, subscribe, click the bell, hit all, and you know share. Is that is that all the beats? Share the video. Oh, just share it with your friends. Honestly, I know I know we do better on stuff that isn't YouTube, but. Seriously, mm-hmm. if you like this, if you're watching this on YouTube, share it around. We could use all the support we get. Yeah, it's uh, like obviously not to not to go too crazy with this, but podcasts are in a really weird spot at the moment. Um, and like if you if you enjoyed it, we we really would like feedback. Yeah, it's it's really weird that like we can see that quite a few people are listening. Um, but it's weird that just like because of how podcasts work, it's really hard for people to get engagement so just like we want to hear from you yeah. like this isn't like a give us validation it's just like if, if you enjoyed it just tell us we, we'd, we'd love to hear what your opinions are can we improve um, i don't know we won't know unless you reach out to us exactly and if you know where we live please stay away yeah 